This week, we're taking the Blue Bomber out of your home and into the arcade. This is Pixelated Audio, episode 21. Welcome back to another episode of Pixelated Audio, celebrating video game music across the board. We're your hosts. I'm James, and here's Brian. Hey, thanks for joining in. We have a fun show lined up. Yeah, we're going to be playing some Mega Man music, and you really can't go wrong with Mega Man music. Yeah, Mega Man. Uh, some of the most iconic stuff out there, and it really defines music in video games for a lot of us. It's stuff we all grew up with, so we thought, you know, hey, let's go outside of the box. And, and outside go- of the consoles. <laughs> yeah, outside of the console. So we thought, you know, we can kind of deviate from the games that we grew up with and take a look at another version of Mega Man. And the music for this is spot on and what you'd expect from any of the games as well as the offshoots. Yeah, so this week we're focusing on the coin-op Mega Man titles, which are Mega Man, the Power Battle, and Mega Man 2, the Power Fighters. And we're also going to be looking at a handheld remake of the game. So the track that brought us in was the title screen from Mega Man, the Power Battle, in the arcade. Nice. It's um, not really what you would expect from a Mega Man title, but it's it's very um, attract mode sounding and very cool. Like It, it has that, that arcade sound to it that I like. I, I think that's the idea, too, because... In a track mode in the arcades, you're going to be seeing like the demo of like Mega Man fighting like different robots and stuff right. like that. And so this title is only going to pop up randomly maybe every two minutes or so. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be very short and uh, quick kind of, you know, pop up on the screen and then it's going to go back into another demo, a track mode kind right. of thing. So I, I like it a lot. I, I love that wah-wah pedal, that wah-wah, wah Yeah, you know, that, it's got that funkiness to yeah, it. Yeah, it's really cool. The trumpets coming in, I, th- I think it's really rad. Yeah, I mean, and, and imagine just walking around the arcades and say if you didn't know this was coming out and you're just like, what, Mega Man? Like, there's a Mega Man arcade game and it's just such a cool idea for a game in general. I mean, and then it's just Mega Man, so it's so awesome. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a really awesome track and, you know, it's, it's very short, but like, mm-hmm. like we were saying, you know, this is kind of, only like a splash screen that you're only going to see for just a few seconds so so let's go ahead and kick things off with the first game on the list Mega Man the power battle was released in 1995 published and developed by capcom for the arcade cps2 system it was also backported to the cps1 system most likely for cabinet conversion since it was easier to swap out the board and marquee and stuff than create more units oh yeah we'll get into that in a bit but, uh, well, actually, why don't we just get into it right now? Yeah, we're already talking about the release. Yeah, so uh, originally it was designed for the CPS-2 system, which was an updated arcade hardware from the CPS-1. Actually, it was a pretty minor upgrade, and I think it was mostly to add extra bootleg protection. Right, right. It was a big problem with the CPS-1, but the CPS-2, along with a small boost in hardware, could also play back Q sound, where the CPS-1 relied on the YM2151 and the Oki M6295. And that's another reason why it was most likely backported because the Q Sound logo is also in the CPS1 version, which obviously didn't have Q Sound. Right. So they just didn't take it out. Exactly. So what does this mean? Well, it means that both versions, even though they are essentially the same game, have totally different sounding music. And after a few, you know, tracks, we'll do a small comparison too. Yeah, and for this episode, we'll be playing tracks from the CPS2 version since it was originally designed for that. And the CPS1 tracks are great, but this is a good opportunity to listen to Mega Man in Q Sound. I agree. 
Anyways, yeah, so in 1995, Capcom put out two revisions of the game in Japan simultaneously. But in the U.S., we only got the CPS-1 version and a sample version of the CPS-2, but it was in very limited supply. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think I actually saw one of these out in the wild. Like, Me either. Growing up. I mean, I would have remembered a game, Mega Man, in the arcade, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know. Maybe I just don't remember. I think my first introduction to the game was sometime around high school through emulation, but I don't even think the CPS-1 driver was in MAME yet. Yeah, and I don't remember seeing one of these at uh, California Extreme either. No, I, I think you're right. Like, I don't remember seeing either. We took so much video and photos of all the, the games that were there. We definitely would have been, uh, you know, drooling all over a Mega Man game. Right. Um, well, to get more into detail about the game, it's a, you know, the quick and dirty rundown is the game itself is an offshoot of the Mega Man series and plays a lot like the games that we know, but instead of your typical Mega Man platformer where you have to make your way through the entire stage before reaching the boss, it's more of a boss battle only game where you take on the different robot masters one by one from the previous titles. Uh, the arcade control panel uses three buttons, jump, attack, and switch weapons that you acquire from the defeated robots. We're going to get in some of the music, but let's talk about the composers. The music's all rearrangements of classic tracks, and the composers working on this game weren't responsible for the original music from the previous titles. But that being said, they've added a ton of new voices and new instrumentation, really utilizing that cue sound. But the melodies are pretty much in parallel with the original games it came from. Exactly. So there's two composers responsible for arrangement in the power battle. That's Setsuo Yamamoto and Hideki Okugawa. And before we get into their career, let's get a few tracks started from the game. We've got plenty of great music in the queue, but we're going to start off with some boss theme music, which coincides with the stage music. Starting off, we have stage one, which is the theme of Napalm Man, and stage two, which is the theme of Crash Man. These tracks aren't incredibly long, but they'll definitely bring back some memories.
That was Napalm Man's theme and Crash Man's theme from Mega Man Power Battles in the Arcade, arranged by Seto Yamamoto and Hideki Okigawa. Man, those are so awesome. Oh, it's way cool. I oh, Just a great way to start off the show like with this really cool block of boss battle music. Very cool. These robots are so sick anyways. Yeah. And uh, to hear their stuff through the Q sound is just... It's just really, really rad. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, in both these tracks, they, they instantly remind you of the, the original tracks. But all those new voices and new instrumentation are just so awesome. It's just, it, it made it feel so much more alive and fresh. And I thought that was really great. That really sucked me into this game right from the start was it had a, a fresh new feel to these battles, which was, you know that we all know and love. And it just was awesome. Yeah, it's like a, it was almost like hearing this new remix of these classic tracks. It's really rad. Mm-hmm. Napalm Man's theme, I think, was awesome because it has this really snes sound to it a lot of trumpets I can see that, yeah. a lot of trumpety kind of sounds that we hear in the the super nintendo and hearing it on through the q sound is just really rad and especially this track too because we don't get a chance to hear this prior to the arcade mm-hmm. so rehearing these like these long drawn out trumpet kind of trump brassy notes is, mm-hmm. is just really rad and i think that was a really cool kind of way to incorporate like a new sound into these classic tracks right they kind of injected some new personality into these which i I thought was really great and i really loved the way they did it for crash man um i thought that track for me it really brought back a lot of that nostalgia like i really remember that track a lot yeah i saw you smiling we were listening to it and i just saw this big grin on your face you're just like yeah yeah no and i I wrote down when i was listening to it that this this theme right here just really reminds me of mega man and sitting down and playing and stuff like that so uh, it was really great to see that theme pop out and then just all this new extra stuff to it just was really fun i was digging that tenor saxophone that that sexy saxophone man yeah like sound i love it dude it's so good and then you get the saxophone and then you have the the distorted guitars kind of in the background and then you have there's a lot of like piano and also electric organ mm-hmm. in these Mega Man tracks and i think that's so rad because the cps2 can really pull that off in fact this is actually a good point for us to in the show to kind of show the, showcase the difference between the cps2 version and the cps1 right because the cps2 is like sound that is pre kind of composed before mm-hmm. going into the system and the CPS two or the CPS one system is really just chiptune music. And so there is a big, big gap between what we're getting in, not only in terms of audio quality, but also in how the music is, is, you know, coming through the speakers. Right. Q sound was really famous in the nineties. They're no longer really relevant, but uh, you know, when Dolby digital kind of came around to like mm-hmm. fruition, but it's, it's a really cool thing. So the cutting room floor actually has a really good example. They show um, between both the CPS one version and the Q sound version on the CPS two. And so I'm, I'm going to play a similar example because I think this is a very good track that kind of it's, it's short. So it really, you get a good sense of the difference between both that chip tune and that Q sound right. difference. And so this is actually the starting stage music from when you start playing like a, like a robot boss mm-hmm. and uh, this, this music plays. So here is the CPS one version. And here is the CPS2 version, which is Q sound. So let's listen to that. So you can see like there's that really big gap 
in audio quality and um, you know samples and stuff that we can hear from the Q sound version versus the the chip tune sound from the CPS one. Yeah, it's pretty noticeable. Yeah, I think it's it's really cool. But we do have more music to play. We have the theme music from Gutsman, and then we have the theme music from Gemini Man. So let's get those started. <laughs> That was stage three, the theme of Gutsman, and stage five, the theme of Gemini Man, arranged for Mega Man The Power Battle by Setsuo Yamamoto and Hideki Okugawa. Man, awesome tracks. That first track, Gutsman, oh, so hardcore. I love it. But then you get this really cool, like, electric warrior. Yeah, it's got, like, this really, like, intense beat in the background that's really driving you forward and then it has this really awesome melody it's just so cool like they did such a great job uh, you know arranging this track yeah i think you know guts man you know it's just it he's he's hardcore he's yeah. awesome it's i like, like i've always liked guts man he's like a big fat robot yeah it's like you know it reminds me of nickelodeon guts man <laughs> hardcore just, that was 
I was wanted to be on that show. Yeah. Anyways, no, the, the track is really cool. I think that um that organ and it, the guitar and everything just keeps going all the way through. It does get a little bit like, all right, I get it. You got electric guitar in the background. Yeah. Uh, you gonna do anything with it? Or are you just gonna play the same chord over and over? But you know, it's it's still a cool track because we we're hearing it differently than we did in the previous title. So right, and I, I don't think they wanted to break too far apart. They just wanted to you know use the limitations of the original amazing track and just just make it so sound so cool with new voices and instrumentation and right. And it is a battle, like a boss battle. So yeah. it's gonna be high intensity and stuff anyway. So they're not like drawing it out like it, you would through like a normal level. But uh, Gemini Man, so uh, Out Foxies, dude. Yeah, no, I, as soon as I, I listened to it, I was like, wow, this really reminds me of the Out Foxies music. And you were like, whoa, that, that's, that's what that's I, exactly what I was thinking. Uh, when I, I, was, I actually picked this track to put in, and yeah. I was thinking like, man, this is like, this could be an Out Foxies, like sound, like this could Straight be Straight from the game, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, no, it's very jazzy, very like noir. I, I, I love that, that kind of, that feeling to it that you get, that you just... Everything feels like a little bit like backstabbing dubious, but mm-hmm. it's it's just a really awesome track. I think it's so cool. Right. And and it, it really adds to Gemini Man's personality. And I mean, really, this track is another one that just stands out so much for me. I mean, whether you've played the Mega Man games once or a hundred times, like the melodies really stick in your brain and it just brings back such a smile to hear this song kind of new life breathed into it. Yeah. And, you know, older games, a lot of these retro games, the reason why we focus on more of the retro stuff. I mean, obviously we love retro gaming, but it's because the melodies are so strong, mm-hmm. so prevalent, whereas we don't get that as much in newer games. These these memory I mean, I have memories of like this stuff from when I originally played as a kid and I you can't recreate that anymore. It's, right. You don't get the same that same sound, the same feeling. I mean, there's very, very few and far between times that I can say it like, oh, that track was really good and it doesn't come back to me like this stuff does. So right. It's really I mean, cool. You could have played it for a few months when, you know, 25 years ago when you were a kid and haven't touched it since and you pop it in and you just totally remember it. I but then along with it, you know, even if I didn't hear it. In fact, I have friends who like loved Mega Man. They could probably go back and, and like hum the whole song mm-hmm. and they're not even into gaming anymore at all. So right. it just, you know, goes to show like these really leave an impression on you. Mm hmm. So back to the composers that arranged this. Yeah, so Setsuo Yamamoto joined Capcom in 1992, first doing music on the Final Fight series. So he did Final Fight 2 on the Super NES and also Aladdin on the SNES. And he also has Mega Man X and X-Men Mutant Apocalypse for the SNES, Street Fighter Alpha 1 and 2 for the arcade and PS1, and Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo for the arcade. Yeah, he's also done Pocket Fighter in the arcade, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Strider 2, Project Justice, but after Capcom's CPS2 era, I read that he moved over to a more of a like a supervisor role in, in the company, doing more like project management and direction for the sound team. And if you look at the credits for a lot of the Capcom stuff over the last 10 years, even recent stuff like Dead Rising 2 and Resident Evil 6, you'll see his name under the special thanks section. I want my name in the, just the normal thanks section. Yeah, just any section. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be cool. Anyways, so he's known for just packing you know his music full with instruments like as many as he can fit in and a lots of just tons of saxophone and drum sounds yeah and i really like the project justice music and he's really all over the place with different styles yeah and super puzzle fighter 2 is just it's just a blast to listen to it's really jazzy and poppy i love that whole soundtrack yeah me too yeah so 
Hideki Okugawa is another composing powerhouse. He joined Capcom a year after Yamamoto in 1993, and he got to start doing the music for Alien vs. Predator in the arcade. He's probably best known or most widely known for being the main composer of all the Street Fighter 3 versions. So yeah, like Alien vs. Predator in the arcade, Darkstalkers, the Night Warriors. And also games like X-Men Children of the Atom, Darkstalkers Revenge, Ace Attorney, Street Fighter Alpha 3, Onimusha 2 and 3, and even Resident Evil 5. The thing about Okugawa that's really, really important to the sound and music of Capcom is that he was really the composer on the team that brought in, kind of led the way for introducing jazz into the games. And, you know, I'm not 100% sure on this. This is kind of an opinion, but I think that what kind of sparked it was the track that got a lot of attention in Street Fighter 3 called Jazzy NYC, which had a ton of remixes and different arrangements done for it. You know, love it or hate that track, it's really popular, especially in Japan. The story for this game is about as basic as you can get. Dr. Wily has rebuilt the classic Robot Masters again and is trying to take over the world. Right. Pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was meant for the arcade, so I don't think they really had to come up with anything deeper than that. Right. Um, so you take on the old robots from Mega Man 1 through 7, but they added this cool feature. If you add some more money in, you can get a second player and take on the game in co-op. Yeah, that's pretty cool since we never got a chance to play that way. You can select between Mega Man, Proto Man, or Base. And they really don't play much different from each other. So yeah, you can pick Mega Man 1 through 2 as an option, 3 through 6, and then 7 alone. Each has six battles, and after that you head to Dr. Wily's Fortress for another battle with the Yellow Devil before taking on Senor Wily himself. We've already mentioned a few robots from the tracks we've played, but let's list them out. So for Mega Man 1 and 2, we have Crash Man, Guts Man, Cut Man, Ice Man, Wood Man, and Heat Man. For Mega Man 3 through 6, we have Dust Man, Gemini Man, Gyro Man, Plant Man, Magnet Man, and Napalm Man. And then from Mega Man 7, we have Shade Man, Slash Man, Turbo Man, Cloud Man, Junk Man, and Freeze Man. But instead of the Yellow Devil, we have the pumpkin robot called Van Pookin. I thought you were going to botch that up, dude. That was <laughs> You listed like every single, like right after. <laughs> that, that was impressive. Thanks. You get a gold star. <laughs> so there is a reason why we wanted to mention all the robots in the game, even though we're playing different robot theme music and that's because the themes of the robots don't actually match up with who you're fighting against it took me a while to actually realize this because it's not noted anywhere but when i was playing against like crash man for example i was like wait, wait a minute this is napalm man's theme music god i knew something was off but i couldn't pinpoint it yeah right so you know some match up but some are just totally different but if you look at the audio data in the ROM itself, it, there's only about 10 boss themes or boss theme tracks, and there's almost 15 bosses in the game, so there's got to be some overlap. But what's really funny is that our next track is Shadow Man's theme, and he's not even in the game. Yeah, and let's check that out real quick, and then we'll go straight into Stage 7, Mega Man 7's opening theme. Which, oddly enough, is played during the battle with Turbo Man. <laughs> so it's all coming together. Setsuo Yamamoto and Hideki Okugawa, Mega Man The Power Battle.
The tracks we just played were Shadow Man's theme and Mega Man 7's opening theme. Very cool. Again, that organ that electric organ is just off the hook yeah it's way cool great i i thought shadow man's theme to me sounded a little bit uh done in a style of like a game show it kind of got that game show thing going on yeah like i could just see shadow man as the host of like the price is right or something yeah like late 80s early 90s like tv show yeah uh no it was cool um i i think that shadow man's theme was a good pick Mm -hmm. to to end off uh you know the that that previous block of games like you know one through six and uh, before getting into seven because i think it was just another really kind of like just relaxing jazzy track mm-hmm. right before we go into like this more kind of intense track yeah. me- uh, from Mega Man seven yeah because the Mega Man seven track had definitely had that more inspirational like you know epic feel to it and i was like oh this is great to show like how these these themes from the different games have changed a little bit right that so Mega Man, the opening theme for Mega Man 7 that is very very nostalgic for me because i loved Mega Man 7 i really i cared about that game so much and hearing hearing this again and it's very similar to the super nes sound mm-hmm. but still just hearing it again with the q sound just is so cool it's it's really awesome i I really like the very, very subtle differences. So, for example, the the baseline is just mm-hmm. off the hook. And mm-hmm. we were both talking about how cool the baseline was. And every now and then, like when the bass is like going off doing its little, you know, soloing in the background, you hear like this slap sound mm-hmm. of the bass. It's really cool sound that they were able to to produce and and pop in there. And it's just it adds a lot of character mm-hmm. to the the track. And I think it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, the Q sound really let them explore some different subtle touches. And I mean, because we can see these themes survive from the, the original game and they were able to add these subtle touches that, you know, they couldn't sample or anything like that before. So Right. And like the, the organ itself, too, there's even like this piano or organ in the background. that's very, very subtle. I mean, you have to I hope you guys are listening to this like with the volume turned way up because right. you could miss the sound. It's very, very subtle. And it's kind of like this. I want to say. I want to say electric organ again and mm-hmm. this playing just like these these crazy scales in the background and unless you're really really focused on it you don't notice it but adding that like polyphony to this track was really really cool and it gave it so much more so much more depth and 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 I want to say kind of made the track feel more alive like there it's right. breathing I I thought it was really cool but anyways, so we ended with the opening theme from Mega Man 7, and we've got two more tracks from boss themes from that game. So up next is Junkman and then Shade Man. So let's get them started, and we'll be right back.
That was Junkman's theme and Shademan's theme arranged by Setsuo Yamamoto and Hideki Okugawa for Mega Man, The Power Battle in the Arcade. Very cool stuff. Again, Junkman's theme, such a cool track. Uh, that electric guitar, it's like, it's between, it's weird. It's like a, it's like if an electric guitar and a trumpet had a kid, they would produce whatever instrument that was. Yeah. It was really cool. And I think that it added like a new kind of characteristics to the, to the track that we didn't really hear before because Mm -hmm. we did hear a lot of saxophone. We did hear a lot of, you know, organ. We did hear a lot of piano and guitar and stuff, but this was kind of, it almost was like a new instrument they added in. Right. And for me, I felt like this was a, a track where, um, for the seems like for the first time the melody and the bass line kind of work together to create like this emphasis on the song whereas like some of the other tracks you would have the melody doing I its own thing that. and the bass line kind of doing its own thing but I mean there was those points where they all kind of like hit the notes all at the same time I was like wow that's really cool like it really emphasizes that sound that they were going for I was like that's really neat I yeah like that's that's a good way to put it and Shade Man's theme I think is an excellent track it's mm-hmm. got these really cool like sustained like choir voices in the mm-hmm. background it's like oh mm-hmm. and like the stuff plays over like the melody plays on top of that and the bass is just kind of doing its own thing kind of just going to town right whatever i don't getting blitzed in the background but like <laughs> it's it's really cool track and i think that this was a great it does have that kind of shade man vibe i don't i don't know yeah. if you can describe something as shade man but like this is a great explanation of it right no i thought this was uh, a little bit more emotional like some of the other tracks seemed just kind of like fun like these cool like like versions of it but this one i felt kind of preserved some of that mega man feel where it was kind of like driving and emotional and and it kind of had a dark dark sound to it i think i I, I got that feeling too i really felt like uh you know when we were playing a music from batman Mm -hmm. it kind of had this kind of darker feel to it like you really felt like it was like this nitty gritty mm-hmm. like back alley you know drug busting you know <laughs> right. batman stuff and this kind of gave me that same feeling it had this kind of darker tone to it and yeah. I, I think it was an excellent track yeah kind of like a darker futuristic feel i felt right so let's take a minute and talk about the graphics since we haven't yet yeah it's a good spot because it applies to both this game and the next on our list Like most arcade games, the graphics from the console versions got a significant boost. Yeah, the sprites resemble Mega Man 7 or Rockman and Forte more than anything else. And not only that, they have more animated frames. And even the robot masters, they look more detailed and have slightly larger sprites. Yeah, and I think that is what's really cool about this arcade hardware is that it can really push out all the you know bells and whistles that the console version they had to hold back on Mm -hmm. these sprites are so beautiful and they look so good on on the arcade i was just really impressed like i felt like this was a good time frame because mega man one through seven were already out Mm -hmm. mega man one through six were only on the nes and then seven was when we first got to see mega man in like a 16-bit form right so seeing these sprites kind of in all of their 16-bit glory in the arcade was, was a really cool thing. Right, and you could really see that that this is how they envisioned Mega Man because even like the mangas and stuff like that, this is how they depict him the, the, with this level of detail and shadows and colors. I mean, the, the coloring for the sprites was really what drew me in a lot was, I mean, they had really vibrant colors, the details like... 
um, you know, a little slightly darker blues with lighter blues. And, um, you know, so like they, they weren't just all one solid shade of a color anymore. Right. So I thought that was really neat. Yeah. And it's cool because the CPS one and the CPS two version are identical in this regard, as mm-hmm. far as, you know, the graphics and sprites go. And it's, it's great because like you said, it resembles the the manga a lot more. And even in like, while you're playing, while you're in a, in a battle, you actually see your your character. You see Mega Man or Proto Man or or bases, you know, face their their um, mugshot right. in the in the top next to your health bar. And I think that that was really cool because it's a lot more detailed version. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're they're almost like sitting there like this is their face. You, your character has like a personality and a face to it rather mm-hmm. than just this arbitrary sprite that you're moving around. So I thought it was I thought it was really well done. And the bosses themselves are just beautifully designed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Like the the little headshot that they have at the top just added to the character. Like Mega Man's kind of got a little smirk smile on his face, and and you know, Base is a little bit grumpier, and Proto Man is. I mean, it's just really cool. You get to see a good detailed shot of the characters that you love. Yeah, and the bosses. Back to the bosses, the boss sprites. They uh, they have just so much more detail, and I think this is because they could do much larger sprites than mm-hmm. the NES could, or yeah, the the NES could. So we'll get like. Um, I don't know, for example, Shadow Man, since we just played his track a little while ago, he has a lot more detail to him. He has like the rings around his shoulders, like the the kneecap guards and mm-hmm. his shoes are different colors. And then he's got more definition to his helmet and his mask. And I think that that is what Capcom originally envisioned for these characters and these bosses. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. Not only the character sprites, though, but the backgrounds are really well done. And I think this is where Capcom had a lot of fun with what they could pull off on the arcade hardware now. Like very Street Fighter or a lot of other Capcom beat-em-up games with these backdrops that are very subtle and have uh, really just very subtle animations as well. Right, and they did a really good job with the color to help divide up the, the foreground and background but still have beautiful backgrounds with not all these hard lines and stuff like that. So like Mega Man and the bosses would be in a much darker palette range, whereas the backgrounds were in more of like, um, like a higher range. Yeah. Like Like pastels, which allowed them to really pop, but allowed the backgrounds to still have such beautiful colors. Like one of my favorite ones was actually Iceman's. I was, I was going to say Iceman. That was such a cool with a whale. Yeah. There's like this giant robotic whale in the background and then there's just ice everywhere and everything's blue. And then, you can just see some some subtle other colors mixed in there. So it wasn't just all blue. And because you have Mega Man is blue, Iceman is blue. But I mean, there's just all these really cool extra little features that I thought just made these backgrounds just so beautiful. Like, I mean, I could sit there and just look at the backgrounds by themselves and as just like a piece of artwork. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Like back to that whale. Like it's it's funny because you don't notice it while you're fighting because you're focusing on the battle, but mm-hmm. the mouth of the whale like starts opening and closing. Like it has, it has no f- meaning, but it's there and it's really cool. And also the water, you're mm-hmm. actually floating on like an iceberg. Right. And, and there's like reflections and exactly. Stuff and-, and there's water in front of you. So it's like you're fighting at the edge of an iceberg during mm-hmm. the battle. And it's really cool because the water is kind of moving. And I thought that was a very subtle, but, interesting touch that they threw in mm-hmm. this is very cool no they did a great job of making interesting backgrounds and all the different levels are are just as unique from each other i mean they all have a really interesting color palette they all have interesting little subtle animations too i mean nothing's too crazy over the top 
but I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. I mean, there's cars racing in the background, like futuristic cars. There's other levels where you can actually pop out through the side and it shoots you out through the top. So there's like advantages to some of these levels as well, which is really neat. Yeah, it was a good touch. But anyways, let's segue over to our next game, which is the sequel to Mega Man, the power battle called Mega Man 2, the power fighters. So here's the opening track. That was the Mega Man 2, the Power Fighters opening theme. And that was just so awesome. Yeah, it was a it was a cool track. It starts off really like happy, like I'm walking through the right. walking through the park, and then all of a sudden like UFO comes down and destroys everything. Yeah. It gets really intense. I think it's it's a very cool, you know, it's a short clip. It's like, I don't know, like 40 seconds or something, but it's it's an awesome track that really kind of showcases like, hey, this is an arcade. Pay me some quarters and you'll have some fun. <laughs> right. I think it's really cool. A year later in 1996, Capcom released Mega Man 2, the Power Fighters, exclusively for the CPS2. And the story is still pretty simple, but there's a little bit more to it. In fact, it actually goes along with the Mega Man canon. Dr. Light's lab is attacked by Dr. Wily, and he steals some important robot parts. On top of that, he also takes Roll, who is kind of Mega Man's little sister. Uh, he takes her hostage. Yeah, and the player can choose three different scenarios like the previous game, each with six robot masters, a fortress boss, and a final showdown with Wily. So we've got a few robot themes lined up. We have Plant Man, Bubble Man, Heat Man, and Cut Man. So let's get those started, and we'll be right back. <laughs> We'll 
That was Plant Man, Bubble Man, Heat Man, and Cut Man, arranged by Hideki Okugawa for Mega Man 2, The Power Fighters. And Yamamoto actually took a back seat on this one. It's just Okugawa for this uh, for this game. It's right. cool because he kept a lot of that uh, that influence from the first game. Right. A lot of these dancey tracks in you know kind of in line with um, this the sequel. So I thought it was really cool. Yeah, and I think this game really feels like a direct sequel like almost like an much, update yeah yeah like it could have been like like an expansion like kind Mega of. Man 1.5 yeah kind of thing because it's the same it's the same gameplay but we'll get into that in a second plant man's theme it's very cool it's got so many instruments mm-hmm. just jam-packed in there super uh, funky super funky it's got because yeah. it's got that wah-wah pedal on the guitar yeah that's, that's really interesting and and fun to to hear it's kind of makes it kind of silly and yeah slab happy at the same time and i've always like felt it. that that would kind of fit plant man yeah i've always thought plant man was a little bit odd of a character but i've always liked him I thought yeah was he's neat. got that goofy stupid looking face I, yeah, yeah and that mane that's like a yeah plant. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got like a lion's mane made out of like a plant yeah Bu- bubble man it, you know <laughs> this this track when i first Bubble Man, like I, I'm very familiar with this track, but for some reason, hearing it with this cue sound, the first thing I thought was like, "Oh man, dude, this is like super soccer track." <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, this it was so funny because it's it's got that kind of fanfare-y, mm-hmm. I don't know, kind of sportsy vibe. I guess I don't know. It just that that's the first thing I thought. I was like, "Oh man, it's like super soccer." Like, yeah, and I mean, just compared to Plant Man, I just love the the choice of how they wanted to choose the voices and the instrumental sounds to, to make this track very different. I mean, between those two tracks, just from the start of this block, the, there's a very different sound between the two tracks. Oh, I agree. Heat Man, it starts, it starts really, really busy and it's like really focused mm-hmm. and then slams right into that theme that we all know. Right. That, and Heat Man's theme. It's, I, I, I know this game really well. I mean, like the first, you know, few Mega Man games were top of my charts like mm-hmm. those are the ones that i i fell in love with as a kid and then i kind of tapered off i i played the other ones but it was the first few ones that really had the the longest impact on me mm-hmm. and so or, or the most you know intense impact on me and so i have a lot of familiarity with heat man music but the way that it starts off you didn't really get that i know what to expect and then just like i said it just pile drives right into it it's, it's right. really cool i thought it was a cool track and i've liked how some of these tracks have had that they almost have like their own like intro music before they get into that theme that we all know and and this one was just nuts and i thought it was just so cool that it could be so busy with so many sounds and notes and it still felt like a song like it didn't just feel like a mess and i just really liked it because i thought it felt like heat man i thought it had a good personality for him i, I agree i agree cut man man that's like a really dancey, poppy track. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Cut Man, that was, that's like one of my favorite classic themes anyway. Right. And I, Everybody I just, loves Cut Man. Yeah, it's got this really progressive drum set that's like playing. I, mm-hmm. It just it changes. Like It's got this really distinctive beat that it keeps going through, and then it breaks down into that kind of even more like dancey kind of verse, I guess, for mm-hmm. you know a few lines, and then it goes right back into that progression. I think that was way cool, and I loved how they... Uh, or how he, I'm sorry, Okugawa only, just arranged this. I thought it was really, really well thought out and very well planned. Yeah, no, and, and I think Cutman is just, he's a big fan favorite. So this one may have had a little bit of extra thought put into it so that fans really loved it. And I just thought it was so perfect. It was such a great way to basically add a new feel to Cutman's theme. And it just turned out so great. Uh, no, I 100% agree with you. I think that's 
a very good way to describe it because it does seem like this did have um, all the tracks are really great but i think that this had a lot of felt like it did have more attention put mm-hmm. into it. and it there's are, there's a lot of subtleties in all of the tracks and i feel like this one also kind of brought in not only like you know that little background noises but also this crazy fanfare of sound on top of all that stuff mm-hmm. which we kind of hear in the other tracks but i just feel like you're right like this version is or this track is a lot more heavily thought out right and then just these these two games in general every track has been done so well and they all are so different from each other that it, you can totally tell that they love Mega Man music and they wanted to really deliver something that fans would know and love and could actually feel as new to them as well. And, and it works really well for this game too because I mean think this was Mega Man between Mega Man 1 and 7 so 7 games had already been out and they already had a huge following. I mean, think like how many games today other than like maybe like a Call of Duty get that many continuous mm-hmm. titles. But after you can disagree and say like, hey, people hated Mega Man 5 and 6 or whatever you whatever you want. But at the same time, having that many successful games in a row, mm-hmm. I mean, there was just a huge following already. And so they were like, hey, we have this amazing franchise. Let's just go to town on the arcade version for, it's a really unique experience, a way to experience these these classic games. Right, and this didn't feel like a let's cash in on Mega Man. It was more. It felt to me more like a let's reward the fans and give them an arcade game that is really fun and oh, it's, really well put together. It's total fan service. Mm-hmm. I think this game was intended that way. I mean, you know, it didn't see a huge release, but it just felt like it was meant to be just total, you know, fan service. Mm-hmm. So as far as the gameplay goes, the mechanics are identical to the previous game. Yeah, and it's mostly boss shifting and some stage setting differences. Right. And instead of selecting Mega Man 1 through 2 or 3 through 6, it's divided into many sections of story. The first is called Search for Wily, and you fight Bubble Man, Heat Man, Shadow Man, Gyro Man, Centaur Man, and Plant Man, and then you take on the Mad Grinder. The next scenario is called Rescue Roll with Cut Man, Elect Man, Dive Man, Stone Man, Slash Man, Shade Man, and you take on the Yellow Devil. And the last scenario is called Recover Parts, fighting Guts Man, Air Man, Quick Man, Gemini Man, Pharaoh Man, and Napalm Man, with the Fortress Boss being the Mecha Dragon. That's why I always give you the lists, because <laughs> I start fumbling after like the second name on there, dude. Like I, I That's why I'm glad that you can keep you know, your yeah. composure all the way through. Anyway, I don't know how I do it. <laughs> anyways, at the end of each scenario, you fight a Wily machine, which is the same across the board. Yeah, and each of the playable characters have their own special attacks now, and you can pull this off by charging your weapon and holding up on the control stick. Like Mega Man has this uppercut, and Bass has this bicycle kick thing. It's really like a guile ripoff. But yeah, I mean, they must have been running ideas, but it's still really cool. Yeah, it looks pretty cool, but yeah, Proto Man has this cool multi-shot thing that does a lot of damage, and it's pretty rad looking. The whole thing about Mega Man games, and this stays true to this method, is that by using specific acquired Robot Master weapons on other robots, it's the most effective way to take them out. And I really didn't use their special attacks much and use this as more of my way to work through their weaknesses. No, I'm in the same boat. It wasn't like a natural Mega Man action, so I kept forgetting to use them. Right. But we have another block of boss tracks to get into, so let's get those rolling. The first is Stone Man, then Elect Man. Following that, we have Slash Man. (laughs) 
That was Stone Man, Elect Man, and Slash Man, arranged by Hideki Okagawa for Mega Man 2, The Power Fighters. Awesome tracks. I swear these are probably, this is some of my favorite music in all of the the games that we've played. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of the games, music that we've played so far. And I think that it's really cool because we get this, like, for Stone Man, we get this little waterfall of, like, sound. I I don't even know how to explain it other than, like... Like xylophone or like something something like that yeah i wish i could describe it better than a waterfall but i mean that's the the feeling that i get it's really cool it's got these it's got like little latin parts to it where it kind of breaks into this latin groove and i think that's 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 very cool about this track yeah i had like a caribbean feel so yeah something similar and i one thing i thought was really neat was that for it to be stone man's theme that he's so big and like you know, like this song is very subtle and almost kind of dainty feeling. So I thought it was a really cool juxtaposition between what he is and how it sounds. So yeah, I liked it. It's a cool track. Elect man, man, that keyboard. They, so there's this part in, in this track that just, it just drives me nuts like in a good way. It, mm-hmm. they, it's, it's a keyboard roll. It's like they start at one key and they just roll all the way up yeah. and then start. I, I, that makes me feel so like, like early nineties or so. I, I love that sound though. Yeah. It's so cool. I think it's really, really awesome. It hits your uh, n- nostalgia G spot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. I, it's, I dig it. I, I mean, this, it. and this track is so fast paced and so fun. Very powerful. And I thought it was, it to me, it had a little bit of a feeling of like, um, like the great, like sonic songs, like the, you know, it's kind of like Sonic Adventure or something like that. Like very just fun and adventurous and fast paced. And I, I thought this was really good for elect man. Yeah. It's, it was a cool track. Now slash man, this is my all time favorite mm-hmm. track in this game. It's, this is so good. It's okay. So I have, a, I kind of have a soft spot for like Latin music and mm-hmm. like salsa merengue. And it has a lot of influences that you can hear it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that kind of Latin influence. And there was this, there's this group called DLG dark light groove that I listened to a lot. For some reason I listened to a lot of Latin music mm-hmm. in high school, but there's this group called DLG. And I remember uh, there's a song that they play. I forgot what the, the name is, or maybe like it was like early Mana stuff, but it sounds like Capcom totally just jacked their music and mm-hmm. put it in this track. But it's, it's very, very well done. And I think this track just always, whenever I hear it, it's always going to give me that same hyped up feeling. Like I've just, get so like oh man i get so jazz yeah i mean in this track especially there's a ton of instruments and a ton of different kinds of sounds and they work together so well um i mean it's just such a rad track and to me one of the things i really noticed that i mean out of all the amazing sounds in it is there's this really cool like bass rift in the background that's just like really subtle going on and i was like oh man that's so neat like all these awesome sounds and for some reason i just kind of zeroed in on that one i was like i really like this track a lot yeah it's very awesome In the power battle, you can select Mega Man, Proto Man, or Bass, but the biggest addition to Power Fighters is that you can now select Duo as a playable character. And this is a pretty significant addition to the game, though, because Duo isn't in actually any of the Mega Man games before it and doesn't appear until Mega Man 8. Yeah, and the first arcade game came out in 95, and this one came out in 96, so only Mega Man 1 through 7 were out. Mega Man 8 came out in Japan a few months after the arcade games, so this was really a cool way to have an addition for the fans. Yeah, and even his ending is like an ad to get people to buy the new game. It's actually really clever how Capcom went about sneaking him in. I thought it was a really great idea. Yeah, no, I agree, and he's kind of slow, but he really packs a punch. 
And real quick, uh, going back to the power battle, apparently there was a ton of content that was taken out of the game. Uh, the cutting room floor shows a bunch of assets like sprites and animations that are in the ROM, but never made it into the final version. Yeah, but they did make it into power fighters, and one of those was the assist animals. For example, Rush, Mega Man's robot dog, and Treble, Bass's robot wolf. And you can't use any of the other power-ups while they're activated, but they're really useful. Anyways, we have one last set of power fighters tracks to play, though. Again, all short stuff, but we just couldn't leave them out. We're going to play Airman, Mad Grinder, and Mecha Dragon.
You just heard Airman, Mad Grinder, and Mecha Dragon, arranged by Hideki Okugawa for Mega Man 2, The Power Fighters. Awesome tracks. I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over saying, oh, that's awesome, that's awesome. But it's, it's really just so good. It's, it's good stuff. Well, I mean, we started the episode saying you can't go wrong. So, I mean, every one of these tracks is just is amazing. And Airman was just really fun. I thought it was really cool. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, all these these tracks are obviously not the names of the actual themes that right. we heard from previous games. But we're going by the themes that they are in the game. So, they are uh, very nostalgic tracks. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love airman's theme i think it's really really cool it's a different it's a more mellow version than we would expect i for me i thought that this version was a lot i guess hmm, i guess a good way to put it is i expected this to be them just to blow this track out of the water and Mm -hmm. it was way more toned down than i expected it was going to be you know so right kind of didn't live up to my expectations for powerful like powerfulness Mm -hmm. i guess but it actually kind of exceeded them since it is just a phenomenally uh, written track, very well written track. Right. And for this track, I, I loved the song. The only thing I didn't quite like, and maybe I have to listen to it a few more times, is there's like those blippy sounds that I, th- I thought were very distracting as far as listening to yeah, anything else. Yeah, I, I could have gone without those, and I thought it, w- it was amazing. I, maybe I just need to to discover a taste for it a little bit more. But I, this was the only track that really did that so far that had like this kind of noise that was just like sporadically kind throughout. Of like, the, yeah, yeah, hammering off and on. Yeah, I know what you mean. I could I could see that. It, it was interesting how that they did it. And I think the track itself is a very well done track. But at mm-hmm. the same time, there is a few minor annoyances mm-hmm. that kind of, kind of grind me. Bringing us to, you know, Mad Grinder. Uh, <laughs> I think you know this this track. I don't I don't know what that instrument is. It's like wah wah. It's like a like a. It almost sounds like some kind of like French horn mixed with like an electric guitar. It's just really really weird to me. Yeah, I thought electric guitar, but I I knew it wasn't quite quite right. But uh, I mean, and one thing is we're hearing these songs out of context. I mean, some of them, like uh, like for me, like maybe Airman might have worked better in actually in the level. I didn't. play the level that had airman in it so um so mad grinder like that sound it's just really cool so it just could have amped up that whole fight right mecha dragon uh i mean obviously a very classic mega man track right probably one of my favorite mega man tracks ever that when i heard that track for the first time as a kid i was just like i think all my hair stood up (laughs) yeah it's just really cool i think i've heard the mini bosses play this track like right just a million different times every time i see them live they they play this and it's it's really really cool track especially to hear all like meddled out it's mm-hmm. it's it's awesome i like it the, i think that it's done really well in this game too and i think that through the q sound it's it works out yeah so let's take a step back from the arcade for a minute and talk about the portable version of these games which was released in a single package Both games got somewhat ported to the Neo Geo Pocket Color in a single cartridge called Rockman Battle and Fighters in July of 2000 in Japan only. And when you boot up the game, you're given the option of either playing Power Battle or Power Fighters. Which is pretty cool because not only are you getting one arcade game, but you're getting two together that play pretty close to the original titles. Yeah, the gameplay is the same and it was downsized very well, even though the color palette and resolution weren't nearly up to the speed of the arcade versions. 
Two players can connect with the link cable, but you can only transfer database information. It makes no sense to me why multiplayer or co-op wasn't supported because everything else is pretty much in line with the arcade versions. Yeah, that was one of the biggest criticisms I found about the game. Lots of reviews loved it, but we're kind of ticked that the link cable was supported but not utilized in the way that you would expect. At least the music is remarkably well done. We talked about the Neo Geo Pocket's PSG sound chip in our last episode covering Sonic Pocket Adventure, so you can expect Capcom had a lot of fun doing the tracks for this. A lot of the tracks were sounds are, you know, a lot closer to their NES counterparts or demakes of later games. Oh, it's so cool, though. We've got three tracks, all short from the game, all familiar stuff, but really cool to hear through the TI chip. First up, we have Background Music 1, which is the player select screen, Background Music 2, Cutman's theme, and Background Music 3, Shademan's theme. background music one two and three from rockman battle and fighters on the neo geo pocket color we don't actually have a credited composer linked to this specific game though but it just as an assumption i'm gonna say it's okugawa i'm probably wrong because it's somebody on the sounds uh, the capcom sound team but it's it's hard to say yeah and sadly for the neo geo pocket color every time we've kind of run into a, a problem coming up with composers so Sadly, I mean, we love the Neo Geo Pocket Color, but it seems like this it's is... It's hard to track down the, the person in charge of the yeah. sound. So the game itself is is really rad, and these tracks are excellent like recreations of the, the classic stuff that we already know. Right. I mean, and these things play so great, and the music sounds so good on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Um, the, that player select screen song is super classic. 
really great. I mean, just pumped. I mean, as soon as you play or select, I mean, you're picking your character and you're just like, man, I'm just floored by this. It's so good. And I really loved it. It's really cool hearing it through this TI chip too, because, you know, I think what makes this game uh, and all Mega Man games kind of stand out. And we've said this numerous times on the show, but a very strong melody is it it works Mm -hmm. no matter what chip you put it on. I mean, for the most part. And I think that if this game was didn't have such a strong and memorable melody, it would be hard to make a sound that was impressive. And through this sound chip, it sounds really, really cool. But that's also because these games have had just very, very well-known, just iconic melodies mm-hmm. to them. So for Cutman's theme, another excellent track. I mean, we've heard Cutman in the Q sound version and this, and it was just super cool. Very chip tune. But I mean, I, there's just something about that that I just love here. I love and in this version, especially because, you know, on this TI chip, they're doing tons of pitch bending. And I think that that, that, that sound is so, so rad and, and very, I don't know. It just felt, feels really NES, really 8-bit to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it just works well for the system. Yeah, and that goes for Shade Man's theme as well. I mean, we heard that one a again. Lot, a lot of pitch bending. It's just an exciting, fun track. The game itself, I mean, the graphics are, like you mentioned, they're they're a lot more toned down because obviously our hardware isn't nearly as powerful as the right. arcade. But it's pulled off really, really well. The, the game itself is what you would expect from... Mega Man Power Battle and the Power Fighters Mm -hmm. and plays the same way. It's just we have a very small screen to work with now and a very small resolution. So it's the characters a little bit more jammed together. The stages aren't as open. But, you know, Mega Man, Proto Man, all the characters' sprites are very, very well done and they're very easily like distinguishable between, you know, other characters. And I think that the sprite work is excellently done. Yeah, I mean, if you put the the screenshots between the arcade version and the Neo Geo Pocket Color version side by side, immediately you would notice a difference. But I mean, the the Neo Geo Pocket one looks a lot like the NES one, and that's that's really cool to me. I mean, it's just really it brings back that nostalgia, and then to play like an eight bit fighter, it's just really cool. So, and the the levels. Are, are really still beautiful on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. They're toned down a little bit, but they still kind of keep that essence of what made the game kind of rad. Yeah, I mean, they still have those deep backgrounds, um, really good use of the color to to make that sense of space, and everything still just really pops. So it it really carries on most of the, the major points from the arcade really well. Yeah, and we talked about, I think in our... What was it? The second, our second episode about um, Neo Neo Cup World Soccer, I think it was. Yeah, we talked about the the color palette of the Neo Geo and how the sprites only could utilize four colors. Right, and so you you look at the the sprites in this game, and they only can use four colors, but they're still very easily distinguishable between. You know, like you can tell Mega. I mean, you could look at these characters and be like, "This is Mega Man. This is Sprite right. Man. This is." And it it doesn't take away from the gameplay at all. Right. And I think this game having its roots in, you know, the NES and stuff like that, it translated backwards very well. I mean, I, I think if this was with you. if this was a game that didn't have, you know, that maybe came out on the the SNES or something like that, it might have had a little bit more trouble being downgraded, but like you said, Mega Man, Proto Man, they stand out. They look exactly like they do in the NES. So very, very good point, very good point. Um, the soundtracks for both these games, the Power Battle and the Power Fighters, were released as well in Japan. So let's talk about those for a second. 
Rockman the Power Battle soundtrack was released on December 1st, 1995 in Japan by Sony Records. The soundtrack contains arranged pieces from previous Mega Man games by Setsuo Yamamoto and Hideki Okigawa and performed by Alpha Lila. There's 33 tracks with over 50 minutes of music. Alpha Lila name is from the katakana spelling of 1001 Nights, which was Capcom's house band until the late 90s. They were composed of several different Capcom musicians and sound designers. It's really cool because, you know, like I said, there was a bunch of well-known Capcom composers like Yoko Shimomura, Yasuaki Fujita, and Kazushi Ueda, among a bunch of others. As a group, some of their works appear on uh, Strider, Final Fight, Street Fighter 2, stuff like that. Yeah, you also have Captain Commando, Tenchi, Karao 2, Ren, Rockman X. Uh, Rockman 2, the Power Fighter soundtrack, was created by Capcom's sound team. It was released by Victor Entertainment in 1996 in Japan only and has 44 tracks. It's a shame that we never got any of these soundtracks, but that's... You know, that's how Japan works. They love video game music and they love pumping it out and people buy it. I mean, these tracks, some of these tracks get really, really famous and the records sell out. And this is a right. video game stuff that wouldn't happen in the U.S. Yeah. If we bought more, maybe they would come here. But unfortunately, people don't really seem to care as much in, as in the in 90s. Yeah. In the 90s, it was barely starting to pick up. But anyways, we're going to head back over to the power battle and play three more ending tracks, starting with Wily Boss, then Wily Machine. And then we're going to end off with Forte's ending, which is really well done. The other endings are great, but we had to narrow it down a bit. So let's check those out.
You just heard Wiley Boss, Wiley Machine, and the ending track for Forte, arranged by Setsuo Yamamoto and Hideki Okigawa for Mega Man The Power Battle. Oh, that music is so good and yeah. just so, you know, like Wiley Boss stuff is like, it's so taxing and so, you know, busy and, and this, this is the final confrontation, right? And mm-hmm. Wiley goes through a few different phases. He starts out as a, I think he starts out in what, like a ship or kind of like, yeah, like a big ship that can bounce around and it's got that hand yeah. that, like, that can block and, and, um, which was pretty and cool. And then he goes through like a different phase and it's, it's a really cool track. I think that, uh, I'm glad we threw the boss stuff in at the end. We went back mm-hmm. to the power battle for this because I think this is a good way to end the, end the, the show out and, and kind of listen to a few of the ending tracks and, uh, the Wiley machine. The first thing I wrote down when I heard this, um, was the flight of the bumblebee because mm-hmm. the piano is just off the hook. And I, I wanted to see what the, the score looks like for this because it just, I, I guarantee there's more notes than you can fit on like a staff bar. Right. It's, it's really insane. It's, it's very well done. And I think it's a, it's a really cool track. Yeah. The first thing I wrote was I love, love this track with two loves. I mean, it was just so nuts. I well, mean, then you loved it more than me. Cause I only wrote <laughs> love once. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, this track was so intense and awesome and just like, like ripping your face off. So cool. Like I, it just, and for a boss, an ending boss, I thought this was, completely perfect and i thought it was kind of funny because we threw in the the ending music for forte and uh right after i mean which is like the most mellow track but we mm-hmm. threw it in right after like this crazy you yeah. know like just madness of wily music so but uh forte's theme this has got to be this is probably up there with slash man for me as far as like my favorite track mm-hmm. out of everything i mean this is such a cool very noir sound to it i i think it's probably yeah it's probably my favorite track it's really cool yeah very I mean, jazzy very you know mellow yeah i mean i guess i would i have to say that uh, you know the wild machine would be kind of like rock and roll and the forte or bass ending would be more like sinatra or something i mean it just takes its time it, it, the space between the notes is a note in itself i mean it's just so cool and emotional yeah, and beautiful like I, I mean i actually wrote down that i think this track is beautiful it's like, like the silence go, goes hand in hand with the melody it's mm-hmm. very very cool and like all of a sudden you get this like electric bass that's just like and it's just i just thought that was so rad something mm-hmm. about this track that just really speaks to me right and i and i just think that uh, forte or bass is just such an interesting character he's kind of simple on the outside that he's, you know, he's a bad guy and he's, he's like obsessed with being the best, but he is also very complex. I feel like underneath. And I felt this track was perfect for him, a, a perfect pairing for his ending. And I mean, it's just really cool. I, I beat the game with bass and actually beat it with all three of the characters. So yeah, me the, too. the ending is great for all of them, but this track really stood out and it was so different than anything we've played today. Yeah. Like Mega Man's ending and, um, Proto Man's ending and stuff like that. They're, they're cool tracks, but there's kind of st- similar to what we've heard already mm-hmm. right where this was it did stand alone on on its own it was a very significant trap for us to play and i think it was good the game itself so we've talked a lot about the gameplay and how we like the music and stuff but like just to kind of give our final thoughts on the game what what how do you feel about it because uh, i have i have some pretty strong opinions about this game um the I never played any of these games until recently and so i guess when i heard that there was a Mega Man. Um, 
arcade game, which I'd heard about a while ago, but I just didn't play until now. I thought, okay, this is probably going to be like cashing in on, on the love of Mega Man. But I mean, I really, really liked all three of these games. I thought they really did the fans a great service by making this. And it's just a really cool idea to just take and only put in the boss battles and to have these new look and, and the uh, awesome music. It was just every level of this game I thought was just perfect. So I'm going to do a little good cop, bad cop with you because I think that, so I agree. Like I think the fan service and having just mega man, the, the game is fun. It is fun. However, it's, it, it took out what I love about mega man and that's what I, I didn't like about it. So I liked the stages. I liked leading up to the boss. I liked going through. That was the part of Mega Man that I, I loved. Right. And for me, playing these boss battles, while it was enjoyable, it was a very minute experience. Like I could play through it and uh, all right, cool. And I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd go back and maybe, maybe play through it maybe a second time, but it just wasn't, it didn't deliver it wasn't a Mega Man game for me. It was right. its own kind of thing with Mega Man physics and, and Mega Man characters. Well, and and I think that as far as this being arcade games, though, the the levels are great. I agree with you. They're, they're some of the best parts of the game with all the other bosses right. and the, almost like the puzzle element of trying to figure out how to get through this with enough life. But I felt like as far as an arcade version, sitting there and kind of upping the intensity where it's just boss fight after boss fight. I thought it was a really cool idea. I mean, I would like to see other games do it, but yeah, I feel like I, for Mega Man, this would work very well. And I'm not expecting them to throw in a full-blown Mega Man level right. for the arcades because, I mean, I you know, it, it could work. I don't know, but I think their intention wasn't to do that. I mean, clearly they didn't do that. So I, I don't know. I guess for me, it just, it kind of took out a little bit of the magic of what I liked about Mega Man, mm -hmm. um, being able to just go into the boss fights right away. It was part of doing the level that made the boss fight so special right. in the original iteration and actually, you know, leading the kind of climax leading up to that boss mm -hmm. is what made me so excited. So going through and playing these bosses one by one, if this was my first introduction to the game, I would have a very, very different view about right. Mega Man. And I think that, uh, you know, younger players that this, you know, I mean, obviously we didn't get it a, a lot of copies in the U.S. of this game. But if this was your first, if younger players, this was their first thing, they might kind of blow off Mega Man. I don't know. Right. And I could see that. I just couldn't see a lot of other franchises pulling this off like that. Like I couldn't I, see like do Kirby or Sonic or something like that where you're only doing the boss fights. I couldn't really see it. Oh, being well, as with Sonic, fun. that wouldn't work at all. Yeah. But I mean, well, I mean, they had a lot of really cool, interesting bosses, but just a just a gambit of like a, you know, running through all the bosses i can't see a lot of games this working well where mega man i thought it did and, and as far as it just being an arcade game i thought it worked pretty well now even for me though another thing that i i disliked about the game is that i thought it was too easy i thought the game was extremely easy i could see that and yeah there is a dip switch setting to change the difficulty and i cranked it up to hard and i still thought it was pretty easy just because i was curious i was like what is hard actually doing mm -hmm. well I think when you get hit, you lose a little bit more health than you normally would. But as far as the battles go themselves, there's no more like, you know, spewing of like, uh, you know, different bullets or something like that. It's, it's really the same fight. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt like some, some of them, like even though you use, you know, strategies like certain other weapons that you picked up to fight these bosses, I felt like some of them I could just corner them and plow through them within seconds. And it, it wasn't right. that much of a challenge. Now, Wiley was a total pain in the you know and 
his, his fights were pretty intense and like yellow devil and stuff like right. that. Those were good fights, but I feel like a lot of the robots were, are fairly simple. Well, and I think, um, just to kind of play devil's advocate with that, you know, you want to pump in some quarters and you want to get to, uh, through the game. And, and one thing that I did notice that I thought was cool was that no matter what order you play the, 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 uh, bosses in, they start out really easy and they all get harder and harder. Their life gets longer, which I thought right. was cool. And me, I've never been good at Mega Man. I, I, sadly i love mega man but i've just i'm horrible at those games so it took you mentioning that it was easy for me to realize well i did beat the game so it probably was pretty easy yeah, so if you beat it then we all know that yeah. you know the game probably didn't have too much of a challenge but anyways let's go ahead and wrap up the show here Today we covered Mega Man The Power Battle and Mega Man 2 The Power Fighters in the arcade and also the handheld port Rockman Power and Fighters for the Neo Geo Pocket Color arranged by Setsuo Yamamoto and Hideki Okugawa. If you want to know more about the show, check us out online at pixelatedaudio.com for show notes and the track list. If there's stuff you like or even stuff you want to see us change about the show, leave a comment. You can also find us on Twitter or Instagram and uh, Facebook as well. If you haven't already, take a second to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And I'm going to give a quick shout out to Tolino A, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, and Yo Joni, who left us some awesome reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Since all of these titles are essentially remixes or arrangements of previous games, we don't have an OC Remix track specifically geared at these games. But we do love the ending track from The Power Battle titled Rockman Ending 2, and we think you will too. Thanks again for listening. Adios. Adios.